Welcome to episode 54 of The Shannon Plan, episode Fred Warner. And I am Kyle Posey. I am joined, as always, by Akash. Akash, man, how you doing? Doing great. Two weeks of the preseason through. Saw a ton of Trey Lance this past week. Just excited for the regular season, which is now in 19 days, 18 days. Coming up quick, man. We have one more preseason game, and then the real deal happens. So let's talk about the preseason game real quick. So the 49ers won 15 to 10. Not that that really matters, but we saw a lot. There was a lot to take away in that game. Uh, Trey Lance played a ton, and that's what everybody wanted to see. But he wasn't the only one who played. We saw a good look at the rest of the rookies who also impressed, and we'll talk about them later. Um, let's talk about, though, what we liked the most, what we disliked the most. So one and one on each side of the ball. Let's start with the offensive side. Uh, what do you got, Akash? Let's start with the defensive side of the ball. The rookie corner out of Oregon, Diamador Lenoir, has been really, really impressing. I think uh, six targets so far in the preseason, giving up one catch for nine yards. When he's target, targeted, gives up a pass rating of 0.0. Had a couple PBUs, had a big one on Sunday against the Chargers. I think it was on third down, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, has just stepped up in the absence of Emmanuel Mosley and Jason Verrett. So uh, I would say that is a... Um, a fifth round gem potentially again from John Lynch, probably too, too early to crown anything, but uh, he might have found uh, another valuable uh, player in John Lynch's lucky round. I would, I would start there defensively. Do you have something for me? I mean, if, if we're just talking about the fifth rounders in general, maybe they should just trade all of their picks for the rest of should. time and just draft in the fifth round because Lenore looks really good. Talano Funga looks really good. And Jalen Moore looks surprisingly competent. So uh, Kyle Shannon actually talked a little bit about that, where they're just trying to get their best eight or nine guys. And eventually we might see more play or get a shot at the right guard position, which seems like a revolving door. Uh, Talano Funga, I was watching the 49ers defense this morning, and he looks better than I imagined. He looks as I think I would say he looks justified for the hype. He is really that good. And, yeah, he's not making, like, the type of plays. Yeah, he had a tackle for loss. Um, but he just looks like a guy that is confident. He's playing fast. He's aggressive. He's assertive. And he, he almost seems like a veteran where he's baiting throws. So uh, he took away a few attempts that resulted in QB hits, sacks for the defensive line. So he was really impressive, I thought. Um, but, I mean, we obviously have to talk about the defensive line because they are monsters. Space Jam reference, as always. But they're just dominant, man. Um, Jordan Willis, six games, not going to play, but That's he's been blows. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's looked really freaking good. Even in practice. Like he's one of the few guys who actually can beat Trent Williams, which, you know, is not easy to do, but you have Arden key who had, a, he, he batted a pass at the line of scrimmage. He's been active. Uh, Morris Hurst who has a high ankle sprain because the 49ers, it would not be a 49ers season if they did not make it out of the preseason with a significant injury. Thankfully, Hurst will only miss, uh, he'll miss a month, so probably the first two games, maybe three games, depending on how that goes. But I thought he was incredible, man. Um, he was all in the backfield all the time. And I don't know, like even Kevin Givens, like go down the line, down the line. All these guys are making plays. And we're talking about these guys. We're not talking about their literal best players. So Javon Kinlaw, Nick Bosa, D Ford, because Ford looks like an all-star, all-pro once again in practice. So I don't mind them keeping him on the shelf. 
Uh, Nick Bosa is set to practice on Wednesday with the team for the first time all preseason. So uh, we'll get a good look at him. But when when all those guys get back with the depth, like as much as we talk about the quarterbacks, man, I'm not sure that obviously it matters. But with the early schedule, they'll be able to you know get off to a hot start based on their defensive line dominating. So let's go to the other side of the ball. Uh, what was one thing you liked on offense? Trey Lance's resiliency. I wrote about this for NinersNation.com. Just a little plug, no big deal. But yeah. Trey Lance had, you know, a rough couple of drives went to start the game uh, where, you know, he just missed a couple throws from clean pockets, had the interception, which was what his first interception in like two years, basically. So you you were curious of how, you know, Trey Lance would respond in such a situation. It's a preseason game. Doesn't mean a whole lot for him for him to lead that uh, two minute drill for a touchdown at the end of the first half and come back and have another touchdown drive in the second half. Just kind of showed his resiliency. I get that the Chargers defense also changed and he was going up against second, third stringers, whereas his first drive where he struggled was up against the first team defense. I get that. But still just to show that on the road in L.A., even though it was majority 49ers fans, uh, was pretty cool sight to see. So I'll probably go ahead and say that was my uh, uh, positive takeaway from Sunday. Yeah, that's good because he has to go through adversity. Like these are the things that you want your rookie to go through, especially in the preseason. So um, that was great. And hopefully he faces more of the same against the Raiders where he's in situations that you don't want him to be in in the regular season, whether that's third and 12 whether he's facing a blitz and the guy is unblocked, whatever it may be, but uh, get through these situations in the preseason so he can kind of adjust and learn on the fly. Uh, I really liked the 49ers running game. I thought Mike McGlinchey was awesome. Um, everybody knows he's a great run blocker, but I still feel like he just doesn't get enough credit for how um, who he is as a player. Uh, we always focus on that one sack that he might give up, and sure, it comes at the worst possible time, which happened in joint practices yeah. against Joey Bosa, but – uh, he was he was pretty dominant in the ground game. What I saw was when Trey Lance was under center, the 49ers this preseason have 28 carries and 144 yards. That is 5.1 yards per attempt. You are going to take that every day of the week. Twice on Sunday. Yes. When your quarterback adds to your running game like that, and we know the explosive players are going to be there, I think that has to go in – to the decision when we're talking about quarterbacks and who's going to start. So uh, the ground game is going to be really efficient no matter what, but I think it has a chance to be explosive. explosive. Yep. When Trey Lance is on the field. So that's what I really like. All right. Uh, let's go to the bad side. Uh, this game was borderline unwatchable for probably 20 minutes or so there just because of penalties. Uh, I, th I feel like there were uh, 235 penalty yards or something crazy some, like some that. Some outrageous number, yeah. Yeah, it was in the 20s. Um, both teams were struggling on third down for a while. Like, it was ugly. It was sloppy, and that's to be expected. So the 49ers didn't dress uh, 20 players, I believe it was, and I'm sure the Chargers were up there too because, uh, you know, we didn't see Justin Herbert. Uh, we didn't see Derwin James, Keenan Allen, like all their stars either. Um, both of their starting offensive tackles as well. But what do you, what do you think? Let's stay on offense. What was the most disappointing or one thing you didn't like on the offensive side of the ball? We hit on it right before we hit record. I would say the most disappointing thing would be the receiver drops. 
Now we can go and debate whether the quarterback should have made an accurate, more accurate throw, whether if it if the ball hits the receiver's hands, they should catch it. But it's kind of been a consistent theme these last few weeks. And I saw the PFF um, graphic that Trey Lance has had the most drops through two weeks this preseason at seven. I just think the receivers need to be better at catching the ball, uh, especially your top guys in Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. You've been at practice. You mentioned that it's kind of been a theme so far, a recurring theme throughout the offseason, through training cramp, through training camp, excuse me. And that just has to get sorted out. So I'm pretty sure Trey Lance's completion percentage is in like the four, the high 40s or yep. low 50s, whatever it may be. If you were to take those drops away, that number balloons to 71%. So uh, the narrative that he's, you know, sucking right now, essentially from people outside of 49ers land is just not true because the receivers are struggling to catch the ball. But that's been an issue all summer. Um, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, like those are the main guys. Those are your top two receivers, and they are struggling to hang on to the ball. They both had drops that Debo had one where Kyle Shannon said he should have caught, and that was that would have been a first down for Trey Lance on the first third down. And obviously we have the the Brandon Ayuk one from Jim Garoppolo, who Kyle Shannon said he should have caught. Um, not so sure he should have. Not so sure like anybody would have caught that. It would have been a tough catch, like a circus catch. But – that doesn't distract from the fact that, you know, Ayuk has been inconsistent in games, in practice, and they just have to, you know, I don't, it's just a focus thing is what it seems like. Of course, you know, you want the ball to hit you in the numbers, hit you in the face mask so you don't have to worry about extending and whatnot. But uh, do, you, do you think that this is going to carry over into the season? Because that would be a thing that you can't account for as a coach. So you don't want to get behind the chains. You don't want to have a drop on third down put your defense in a tough situation maybe after they just had a long drive. Uh, should we be worried about drops moving forward? Sure, hope not. It wasn't right. necessarily an issue last season with Brandon Ayuk, but it's been kind of a nagging issue. So hopefully they sort it out because even in the plays where they had drops or where Garoppolo or Lance missed high, Kyle Shanahan schemed receivers to be open. And on the Ayuk play, which ended up being a, an interception, that could have been a touchdown if that ball was a little lower. Ayuk makes the catch because the defenders were kind of running the opposite direction. And obviously with the Trey Lance stuff, I think one was on third down, so it kept the drive, kept the change moving, kept the drive alive. Just got to catch the ball. Got to make the play. Uh, coaches can only put you in a position to succeed. You know, the players are going to have to make the plays on the field, and that starts with catching the ball. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit before we hit record as well. I just don't think that Debo Samuel has great catching technique. I think the drops are going to be a problem for him throughout his career. Uh, he just seems like he runs before he has the ball in his hands. So that's going to be something I'm going to keep an eye on as the regular season goes. Um, I thought the quarterbacks left a lot of yards on the field, uh, both Jimmy and his one drive. So that was a 16-play drive, by the way. So you can find a lot of good work in there. And then Trey Lance when he played. So I thought both of those guys just misreads, man. Just I guess when, I, when I'm talking about this, one of these guys is 21-year-old rookie who hasn't played football in two years. The other one is not. So there's like the bar is a little bit different when we're talking about it here. But still, like you, you don't you expect Lance to be able to go through his progressions and see guys. And he has been missing a, a guys in practice as well. But you expect that to improve. Um, it's just something that, again, I'm going to keep an eye on. I'm going to jot this down. Hey, are they leaving yards on the field? Are they missing wide open guys on the second level? Because if that's the case we probably would see a quarterback change. Or if that's the case for Lance, maybe that's what keeps him on the, on the bench um, and keeps Jimmy in the game. All right, uh, defense, uh, they were dominant. They were pretty freaking good. And it's, it's going to be tough to just find out 
you know, a bad thing about them because their numbers just in the preseason are are pretty impressive. But what's uh what's something that you didn't like from them? Defensively, ask question. Uh, I thought the slot corner position, BW Webb, who was released uh earlier today as part of the cut down from eighty five to eighty. I can see why. Uh, yeah, just giving up chunk plays. You'd always wonder like, who's this dude with in in the dreads, right? BW Webb, who's just giving up play after play. Because his hair covers the back of his name, and in the preseason, like knowing everybody's numbers is just a pain in the butt. Because there's like 85 guys on the roster, so I'd always wonder, like, who's this guy that's get, consistently getting torched? Turns out it was BW Webb. He was waived earlier today, which makes sense. I would say that was a low light. But you imagine when Kwan Williams and Jason Verrett and Manuel Mosley are back, the cornerback positions would be a little, little more stable. Yeah, and, and even if B.W. Webb can't go, or sorry, if K1 Williams couldn't go, they would probably slide Jimmy Ward down in the slot yeah. or they would move D'Amador Lenore in the slot, uh, who's been outstanding, as we talked about. Uh, so I wouldn't really worry about too much. But the fact that we're talking about a guy who was just released as an issue puts into perspective just how strong this unit has been. Um, there were a couple of big plays, though. So Ambry Thomas gave up one down the sideline. Uh, he, he got lost on another one. And then Haha Clinton Dix had the one in the end zone where he thought it was a great idea to leave his man who was guarded by him and go to the quarterback who was guarded by three people and give up a touchdown. Not sure the thought process there. Not good. Then he had a pass interference that took the ball to the goal line as well. So he was caught in no man's land. Um, but he, I mean, just the big plays, that's really the only thing that could hurt this defense is surrendering big plays. But again, when you have like Jimmy Ward and Tart on the field, that's never really been an issue, or at least in recent, you know, in the recent years or whatnot. Um, so I, I really just don't have anything to say. Watching the defense was really impressive. And just as far as how fast they play, uh, watching Dre Greenlaw fly around is really fun. I thought the linebackers were outstanding from Jonas Griffith to Demetrius Flanagan Foles. Just uber aggressive is the best way to put them. And I think D'Amico Ryan should really give you know, just a round of applause for how he has his guys playing early on. Sure, it's preseason, but all of the backups are doing the same thing as the starters, and I think that looks really, really good. So um, kudos to the defense. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk about the quarterbacks a little more, and then we're going to talk about some of the biggest surprises that we've seen through two games. All right, we are back. So we're going to do just a weekly segment, so long as Jimmy Garoppolo is a starter, and we're going to just base, basically talk about have we seen enough from Trey Lance to insert him in the starting lineup or has Jimmy done enough to hold him off or has Jimmy done it, you know, the opposite. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, check out one of our other pods on Niners nations podcast. It was ho. Oh, Hey there. Uh, Javi and Leo. They talked about Steve young who believes uh, the 49ers should roll with Trey Lance out of the gate. And he has some strong points, uh, but let's talk about the, just the game in general. So, um, through two games, and obviously Jimmy Garoppolo has only played like, what, two series, I believe. So, I mean, practice does matter. And we see, essentially, he looks like the same person in practice as he does in games, which is probably a little bit troubling. Um, to be fair, you know, all the offense isn't out there, too, so we have to account for that as well. But um, do you think Steve Young's right to say that Jimmy should uh, – sorry, Trey should play out of the gate? Um, have we seen enough – in the past week to change your opinion. So Trey Lance's numbers through two preseason games, six of 21, that's where the completion percentage really takes a hey, hey, seven of those are drops. So do with that what, what you will. 137 yards, a touchdown, a pick, and a pass rating of 50.3. That's on a scale from zero to 100. 
Jimmy Garoppolo has not been great in preseason in the preseason either. Uh, just when you watch him, forget the box score. He just looks jittery, just looks kind of uh, uncomfortable in the pocket going through his reads. He looks, I don't know, just timid. Doesn't look like the confident player that we've seen uh, at moments in the 2019 season. That's really when he gets rolling. Um, you always just, just as a viewer watching, you always feel uncomfortable watching him play the quarterback position. Like he's like the mistake is just there for the taking and Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do something that will, you know, whether it's a turnover or just something dumb, you just always feel like something dumb's coming when you're watching him. Yet when you watch Trey Lance, it was a very different feeling, very confident in the pocket going through his reads. There were a certain, there were a couple situations where the pocket was collapsing around him, yet he'd still stand strong. Um, he just looked like a more confident player. And if I had dropped somebody from outer space and said, just evaluate these two quarterbacks, you don't know anything about them, what they make, et cetera, how old they are, whatever, I feel like that person would have sided with Trey Lance being just the better player without like understanding anything. Just looked more confident playing the position. And, you know, that being said, I think Trey, I think Jimmy Garoppolo has kind of opened the door for Trey Lance potentially starting week one. I think this was kind of, you know, during camp, during preseason, if Jimmy Garoppolo had come out and played well, played confident, was just a solid player, he could have closed the door on this conversation. Kyle Shanahan would have rolled with him early on in the season and they would have just waited to bring Trey along. But Jimmy Garoppolo just hasn't been up to mark and that's allowed Trey Lance the opportunity to potentially take the job away. But he also hasn't been perfect. So I think they're kind of in this middle ground where like, the veteran quarterback hasn't really won the job, and the young guy looks like a young guy, which you'd expect, even though he flashes potential. So it's putting Kyle Shanahan in a really, really tough spot because there's not a clear answer at this point. Yeah, I think one of the questions that you have to ask is going to be, are Trey Lance's highs, will they outweigh his lows? Because he's going to make mistakes when he plays against first-team defenses. In his first year as a starter, defensive coordinators are going to throw the kitchen sink at him and try to confuse him. So like, that's going to be a thing at the same time. He has the athleticism, arm strength, pocket awareness, pocket movement to make you look bad. So the big plays are going to be there as well. Knowing everything that we know about Kyle Shannon and his offense, knowing how well he gets guys open, knowing how he can scheme people open and how his running game works off and passing game are basically married to each other. I don't see why you wouldn't go with Lance in this situation. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that because I have been a big advocate that Jimmy should start, but the inconsistency, it's just not changing. We're seeing the same thing over and over and over. Like the passes are still selling. He's still missing guys. And you talked about the jittery, just him being jittery in the pocket. That is an issue, man. He can't fade, double pat the ball, triple pat the ball and miss guys. Like that is an issue to think that that is going to change after we have a lot of evidence, all kind of evidence. Yeah. That it's not going to change. Um, it just feels kind of naive. So in that sense, um, I would I would go with Lance just because of that. And I don't know um, the real reason. I, I think one of the real reasons that I would roll with Lance, and if we're just basing it off of last game, uh, you saw that he got better the more he played. That's going to happen. Like the more if, – if he struggles against the Lions and the Eagles, which he's not going to because both of those teams suck, let's be very honest, um, he's probably going to con- grow confidence and carry, the, carry that over, man. So – but there's just so there, the value of starting him early, I think, especially with his schedule, just makes so much sense for the 49ers. Um, I, I do understand the argument that if he plays poorly, you can't yank him and just go back and forth with quarterbacks. 
but he's not going to like, why do, why are we assuming that he's going to play poorly? Like why? Sure. He's an act. Like he has some inaccurate throws. Um, he he's going to miss throws because he's a rookie. Every freaking rookie does that, but we're ignoring a lot of the good that he does. And it, we'll just see what we're going to have to see one more week because he's going to get probably so like, who knows how, how often do you, how much do you think he's going to play against the Raiders in the preseason finale? Because we expect, what the first squad, like the, all the starters, probably play about a half or so. So uh, how much of that is going to be divvied up for Trey Lance? To go back to your previous point, the other thing is Kyle Shanahan isn't scheming in the preseason like he would in the regular season. So imagine Trey Lance starts week one, week two. He's going to do everything he can to protect his young rookie quarterback because not only is Trey Lance's reputation online, so is Kyle Shanahan's because this is Kyle Shanahan's hand-picked quarterback now, right? So those two guys are tied at the hip. So I'd imagine... If Lance does start week one or week two or whatever it is, Kyle Shanahan's going to, you know, design plays or call plays to that ex at that, you know, uh, emphasizes his strengths and, you know, utilizes him both as a runner and a thrower. I, I don't think he's just going to throw him to the deep end and expect him to figure it out, which it felt like that a little bit in the preseason, which I get it's more of an evaluation period doesn't really count for anything and, and whatnot, but. I do think that'll also aid in Trey Lance just playing better uh, out the gate. To answer your question, I would think he plays about a quarter. I don't know if the starters are going to get a half. I think I know he mentioned that, but I, you know, I don't see that. What if the you know what if the are you Raiders saying Kyle Shanahan's going to lie? Are you saying that? Oh no, of course to not. Us? He's as honest as it gets. But no, my point is that um, if the Raiders don't play their starters for a half, then it makes no sense for the 49ers right. to keep their starters for a half. And those things you generally say, okay, we'll play a half or whatever. But uh, when push comes to shove, we'll see what actually happens on game. So I imagine they play like a quarter, quarter and a half. Maybe Trey Lance gets a quarter and then you let Sudfeld roll with the rest. But I think, that, you know, I would imagine that's, that's the breakdown. He's so bad, by the way. I cannot wait for the preseason to be over so we never have to watch Nate Sudfield, and obviously now that Josh Rosen's gone, like the backup quarterbacks play ever again. How much do you think this last game, like do you think Kyle Shanahan has made a decision on quarterback or do you think he's waiting to see one more push from Trey? Do you think he's looking to see Jimmy hold off Trey for one more game or is it set in stone? Does he know what he wants to do by now? I think he's hoping that something, some clarity is achieved on Sunday whether that's Jimmy Garoppolo comes out, looks lights out, and it's easy for him to convince the fan base, okay, hey, you see this guy? All right, we're going to roll with this guy. Or Trey Lance comes out and just runs with it, and then it's easy for him to say, okay, see, I've got the young guy. He's flashing. He's grown in his three games, you know, had a slow start, has played well since, and now I can roll with him. So I think he's still undecided, and he has no reason to decide, right? You've got, like I said, 17, 18 days before the first game. You should take all the time, whether that's practice and the preseason game to make that decision. It does get interesting because the practice gets close to the media in a little bit. I think that's after this week, right? So yeah, after the Thursday. media won't be there to watch the whole practice. So then Kyle Shanahan can start to use Trey Lance with the first team offense and the media doesn't, you know, doesn't get a chance to see that. So it all stays behind closed doors, which is just a competitive advantage. So I think it's all kind of playing in that path. It just depends on how Lance and Garoppolo look uh come you know sunday all right let's say both quarterbacks remain inconsistent and they haven't made any type of separation between each other like if that's the case what is jimmy's argument that's kyle shanahan's worst case scenario if both yeah. guys continue to struggle he's in you know he's just in kind of limbo you would ideally like just one player to take take the reins 
And Jimmy Garoppolo, you would think as the veteran, knowing what's on the line in terms of where he is in his career, would, you know, love that opportunity and take hold of the job, but he has yet to do so. Yeah, I'm not sure, man. I just don't think there is much of an op- or an argument for Jimmy if that were to be the case. He can come out and throw three touchdowns and put this all to bed. And we don't have to talk about this at all until obviously the regular season starts and if anything bad happens. But uh, yeah, man, there, there, are, there are a lot of moving parts in this and it's just a long process and it's going to be a process. So the quarterback, I don't imagine he will make a decision even after the preseason game. Like he's not going to tell us, all right, Jimmy's our guy. All right, Trey's our guy. No, he's probably just going to wait. Um, no, especially just knowing Kyle Shannon, he probably loves us so much anyway. Uh, all right. Enough quarterback talk. Well, probably not. Let's talk about the biggest surprises through the first two games of the preseason. So there's been a lot. And again, as we've talked about the 49ers quarterback situation, um, they're like the rookies have been impressive. Uh, so let's let's actually talk about that. So I asked on Niners Nation, like, what have been your biggest surprises? And one of them just actually a lot of them have been about Talanoa Funga and Diamador Lenore. Uh, one person said Hufunga doesn't look like a rookie and I could not agree more because um, just how we talked about him a little bit ago, he just doesn't really make mistakes, which is really strange to say for a fifth round rookie. Um, I hope he keeps this up. I know one of his biggest critic critiques coming out of the draft was just that he wasn't a fast player, but it doesn't, you would have no idea he was slow or he ran slow based on watching him play. I think he's just ahead of the curve just mentally, and that helps him play faster. You can tell he understands what to do. He understands route concepts. Um, he's just a fun player to watch, man. And he had a couple of snaps, even in the box as a linebacker, where he's holding his own. It was like, whoa. Uh, honestly, we're getting to a point, if he just keeps stacking up these these type of practices and games, where it's going to be tough to leave him off the field, which, which feels like, you know, a little bit of hyperbole, but he has played that well. Um what, what do you think about him early on? And, and do you think that he can unseat uh, Tavon Wilson? Because Wilson, for as long as he's been in the NFL, he's been in the NFL since 2012, but he hasn't really played a lot. And obviously Tart's going to miss with the first six games because he's on the pup list. So, like, everything is there for Hufunga to take it. And his other competition, Ha Ha Glenn Dix, uh, not a big fan of covering, so. Who would have thought that the 49ers rookie that might start week one was the fifth round safety, Talanoa Hufanga? If I had asked you before, you know, training camp, if I said who, which rookie's going to start, I bet Hufanga would have been like your second to last pick. Yeah, no shot. You would have said Aaron Banks. You would have said Amory Thomas, maybe, if one of the corners got hurt. Trey Lance, if, you know, something happened to Garoppolo. But. Yeah, no one thought Hufanga would start because a lot of people just assumed Kwaski Tart was going to be healthy alongside Jimmy Ward. Then he has a toe injury, which gets extended. They had a ton of depth at that position. You know, Tavon Wilson. Uh, they had, what was his name, that got hurt uh, before they signed HaHa Clinton Dix. Oh, Tony Jefferson. Tony Jefferson. And Forgot we about him, one honestly. Of, yeah, we would have thought one of these veterans would have beat out Hufanga, who a lot, of, a lot of people thought, again, like you mentioned, was kind of slow, not sure if he could fit the position. Looks like he might start come week one. There's a shot, and there's a real shot, especially if Tavon Wilson can't get healthy. But even if he is, like Wilson's been fine, but I think you see more out of Hufunga just from like a physicality standpoint. And yeah, he's fun, man. I I just think that defensive coordinator D- D'Amico Ryan's and just the whole coaching staff 
would much rather have that type of player who Hufunga is. Um, next one. Somebody said the biggest surprise they have seen is that Trent Sherfield, legendary Trent Sherfield, has been the best wide receiver on the 49ers, which is a take for sure. No doubt about it. But he Trent is Sherfield fun. wears 81, not 11. Hey. Um, Maybe this fan just had some like numbers mixed up or whatever, but you know, jokes apart, Trent Sherfield has looked good. He's been a surprise. He's been better than we expected. We thought he wasn't going to make the roster, but clearly he looks like he's going to be an impact player for them on offense, not just special teams. And so props to Sherfield, but he's not the best wide receiver on this roster. Not even the second best, I'd say. And he's not going to end up being wide receiver one or wide receiver two, but they do need, you know, consistent consistency out of that wide receiver three spot and yeah, just born right yeah yeah like what we're seeing in two games is like we're seeing explosive plays and we're seeing chunk plays and that's how you score in the nfl you're not going to drive 80 yards every drive on these 16 play uh drives that's not that's just not how the nfl works so if you have a guy like sherfield who has proven that he can get open deep but even in practice like he's catching contested passes from jimmy g um he's beating guys like you know, Emmanuel Mosley and Jason Brett when they are out there. So I think it is promising to know that Sherfield can be their wide receiver three. And you have Muhammad Sanu, who's probably more of a red zone, third and short type of guy. And you can use Sherfield um, as a compliment who can win outside down the field as well. So I uh, really like what he's bringing to the 49ers so far. Uh, another one is just the missed kicks. Uh, do you think we should be worried about Robbie Gold? You mean the Robbie Gold that has, you know, uh, zero outs in his contract over the next two seasons? The Robbie Gold that's 39 years old? The Robbie Gold that's one of the highest paid kickers in the NFL? No, no, not worried one (laughs) freaking bit. (laughs) Niners are screwed if he can't hit kicks. They've dedicated so much resources to the kicking position, and they can't necessarily cut him, and they better pray that he's good because they spent a lot of money keeping him because they said he was reliable. And I understand having a reliable kicker is valuable, but I'm sure you can find one that's a hell of a lot cheaper that does the same thing he does. So his first two seasons, Robbie Gold hit 95 and 97% of his field goals uh, with San Francisco. In 2019, that number dipped to 74%, and that climbed back to 82% last year. And obviously, these first two preseason games, he's missed two extra points. Based on all the evidence that we have, why are we assuming that that's going to improve? What I would be most worried about is not the missed extra points, but just missing a field goal when it's like 17 to 14, 20 uh, to 17, and you need that field goal. Or you're tied, you need a go-ahead field goal, gold misses, and now the offense has a short field, and they're going to drive and either win or take the lead. So um, I, I just wonder if he will improve, or I guess if he will improve, when it's clutch time. And by that, I mean in December, in November, when the 49ers need to win these games, when they no longer have a soft schedule, so to say. So um, that's going to be something to keep an eye on. Uh, Early returns are not looking good, but we'll see, man. Uh, We shall see. So I think that'll do it for us, man. That is all that I got. Is there anything else that you think we talk about? Oh, yeah, yeah. There were some roster moves today. So the 49ers had to get to 80 players and – they had some work to do because they had two guys who were going to miss a month. So Maurice Hurst, high ankle sprain, we talked about. Also, uh, Michael Kendricks, linebacker, who was dealing with a turf toe. So uh, he what he was on the team for like a week and a half, a week or so. Yeah, not even. I think he got Jeez, signed man. right after the preseason game last week, and 
turf toe, injured reserve, out for the year. So when you're placed on injured reserve before September 1, uh, you cannot return for the regular season. So nope. uh, Kendrick's season is over before it started. What a shit contract. Yeah, man. Uh, no guarantee. that They didn't have any guaranteed money. I don't think so. I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, I don't so. think so either. Um, all right, so they released uh, Shalit Calhoun, uh, BW Webb, as you mentioned, uh, River Craycraft, who fell – on like four routes and I was going to post him, but that just felt like piling on. Uh, he did not play well at all. There was one play where Lance dropped back and both Craycraft and Richie James fell on both of their routes, like five yards down the field. So of course he's rolling out to the pocket. And I'm always wondering like, Lance, what the hell are you doing? Like, why are you leaving the pocket? But you can see um, on the replay that he doesn't have any freaking receivers on their feet. So that's why he's leaving. It's uh that, that is preseason football at its finest. So, uh, River Craycraft gone. Corbin Kafusi, I believe that's how you say it. He gave up a sack where I'm not so sure he touched the defender. And I think that was the last straw for him. But that was it. So what that means is Maurice Hurst is still on the team. Well, he's going to be on the team either way, but they didn't place him on any sort of popper IR. So they're just going to wait it out, man. And what that tells you is he was a very, very good player, man. And I'm really excited to see him play. I think that there is a shot that, you know, he ends up being, you know, one of the better, probably one of the four best defensive linemen on this team come season's end. But uh, that'll do it for us. Um, Please, as always, rate, subscribe, review, wherever it is you get your podcast. Quick plug. I did something on Trey Lance on the YouTubes. So just type in Kyle Posey, Trey Lance. And I mean, you'll see that I've done, you've broken down his last two games. So check that out. I talked about some of, the things that he does pre and post snap and some of the misses that he had, but there was a lot of positivity. And I think that uh, it's, it's really only a matter of time before old Shanahan hands over the keys to him. Akash, where can we find you and plug whatever? Find me at Twitter at A-K-A-S-H-A-N-A-V. Uh, find my writing at NinersNation.com. So go check that out along with uh, all the fantastic work that the rest of the staff has been putting in. And appreciate you for listening to the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Go subscribe, rate, review wherever you get your podcasts from. And we appreciate you once again. And go Niners.